This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. This Easter morn, let us worship God. I invite you to join with me now as we turn to words of scripture, Psalm 118. You're not mistaken if you think you heard and read these words just recently. In fact, it was just last Sunday. But this morning, let us add to the hosannas of welcoming the peaceable prince, to the sorrow of the king of love and cross. Let us add now the celebrations of the Lord of life. The stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. Psalm 118. O oh, give thanks to the Lord, for God is good. God's steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say, God 
God's steadfast love endures forever. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we beseech you, O Lord. O Lord, we beseech you, give us success. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God and has given us light. Bind the festal procession with branches up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give you thanks. You are my God, I will extol you. O give thanks to the Lord, for God is good. For God's steadfast love endures forever. Amen. So children, do you know the name of these flowers? Maybe you can see some if you look out the window of your home. They're called snowdrops. They look a bit like snowflakes, I guess, but I think their name comes from the fact that these are the first flowers that come up through the snow, the first flowers of spring. Snowdrops, I love them. And snowdrops are followed by bluebells, and crocus flowers, and daffodils, and tulips, and so many others. Snowdrops are the first of many. Today we're celebrating how Jesus is a bit like a snowdrop. God raised him up as the first from the dead. And after Jesus, God promises there will be others, many others, even you and me. That's why we're happy. That's what makes Easter. Thanks be to God. Il est vraiment ressuscité. Der Herr ist auferstanden. Er ist wahrhaftig auferstanden. Halleluja. Christus und Dosnut. Da ist die da und Dosnut. Happy Easter. Since the beginning of autumn, we have been reading through the Gospel according to Mark, and this morning we come to our final passage, Mark chapter 16. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome, they brought spices 
so that they might go and anoint Jesus. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They'd been saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man, dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. And there you will see him just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Amen, and may God bless to us this, the reading of his holy word. Let us pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be found now acceptable in your sight. You who are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Since 1820, St. Andrew's Church had stood on the edge of a limestone ridge overlooking the town and later city of Kingston. And then on the evening of April the 9th, in the year 1888, the magnificent structure was consumed by flames. In his history of this congregation, Brian Osborne, in his book entitled The Rock and the Sword, he writes, On Sunday morning, worshippers turned up to find a pile of smoking rubble, the congregation was directed to St. Andrew's Hall, where the service commenced with the singing of the 100th Psalm, All people that on earth do dwell. No reference was made to the fire throughout the proceedings. Is that not a bit bizarre? It sounds absolutely incredible to me, no mention of the fire no articulation of the devastation wrought. It would be a bit like me proceeding this morning without making any mention of this pandemic. Any mention of the courage of those in the front lines of service and health care. Any mention of the anxiety with which so many are faced in terms of finances and, and their own health and family the separation of individuals from families and communities in turmoil, a world in crisis economically, politically, humanely. Perhaps what happened on that Sunday morning in the year 1888 was just an example of classic Scottish Presbyterian Stoicism. Or perhaps, perhaps the point was 
they had been brought to another Sabbath. Perhaps our parents in the faith worshipped God, and they were determined that their focus would be first and finally upon God, upon especially what God had worked in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Every Sunday for them was Easter Sunday, and every day was an opportunity for them to live in God's great promise of new beginnings, known in the resurrection. And so we arrive this morning at the final verses of the Gospel according to Mark. They went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Three women go to anoint the body of their friend, their beloved friend, to complete the burial procedures. Their eyes are downcast. But then as they arrive at the tomb, they look up and they see the tomb empty. And they're confronted with a heavenly messenger who tells them that this Jesus is no longer dead, that he has been raised from the dead, that he's gone ahead to Galilee, and that they must go and tell the disciples this amazing news. And we're told that they fled in fear, saying nothing to anyone. These women, these faithful followers of Jesus, the only ones who were faithful to the end, who remained by his side through crucifixion and burial, even these women now are overwhelmed. It's such a strange ending to a gospel. It's dissatisfying. It's, it's even disturbing. And yet it's also wonderful. Wonderful because it focuses us so fully upon the resurrection of Jesus. This resurrection of Jesus is the heart of Christianity, and it's the foundation upon which all else is built. Christians are not a people born into a Christian family or who live in nations built upon Christian principles. Christians are not individuals who are attracted to the teachings of Jesus or to the music and art and sanctuaries of the Christian tradition. Christians are children and women and men who have heard that Jesus is raised from the dead, and he determined above all else to seek his living presence and follow his way in this life and beyond. To be a Christian is not a matter of the emotions that flow through our hearts or what thoughts fill our mind or what creeds we repeat or even what blessings we know or what bane we experience this day. First, there's the resurrection of Jesus. Then there is Christian faith. These women, they saw nothing, nothing but an empty tomb. And they only heard the gospel from a messenger. And what they heard sounded incredible. It clashed with everything that they had been told and everything they expected. It shook them terribly. 
Even these most faithful of followers of Jesus were overwhelmed by fear and questioned what is true and and fled from their calling. But in the end, as in the beginning, the story is not about them. It is about God, about God working life even in the midst of death, even out of death. And we will always be struggling to catch up. But God is present, and God is at work. He has been raised. He is not here. Go tell his disciples that he's going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. A risen Lord was to be known in Galilee. You notice, not in the temple, not in the palace, not in the the city central to the nation, but back home. In this gospel, according to Mark, there are no accounts of the risen Jesus performing miraculous deeds or offering final instructions to his followers before returning to glory. There's no need, Mark probably felt, because we already know everything about Jesus we need to know. The way he pointed to the kingdom of God by caring for the poor and extending embrace to those who were isolated and ill and exposing the emptiness of the religions and the oppression of the powerful. Not only was Jesus alive, but he had gone ahead of them. He was waiting for them back in Galilee, back in their home. Not only is Jesus alive for us, but he is waiting for us, waiting in our homes to whisper assurance and lead us into the ways of life that begin now and continue eternally. Whatever our season or circumstance of life, whoever we are, wherever we are, whether we're alone or together in sanctuary and city, we're accompanied, we're loved, we are called. This is an awkward ending because it's an open ending, as open as is the tomb itself, as open to life and for life as it gets. And it's an ending that is, by the grace of God, also a beginning. This day offers us a new beginning. Have we heard that Jesus is raised from the dead? Can we let go of our expectations and understandings and embrace mystery? Can we relinquish the need to maintain control and learn to trust? Can we see and acknowledge our fears and our failures, but also accept a holy presence and allow a holy promise? Can we be led from our small rooms to share in a holy gift of life and imagine even now a new world of peace and justice for all? I'm recording these words almost a week before you hear them. Unlike that previous generation in St. Andrew's Hall, I have to admit that I have found these last days hard on the spirit. 
Yesterday, I turned off the radio. I moved away from the computer screen. And Beatrice and I set to work on our photo album, long neglected as it had been. Some time ago, we'd ordered some of those old-fashioned prints of photos that covered the last seven years. In fact, all the time that I have been with you here at St. Andrews. And now we turn to placing them in order and on pages in a wonderfully classic paper album. And so we enjoyed remembering the visits of friends to our home, the death of a parent, the birth of a grandchild, sights that we have beheld far and near, the 200th anniversary celebration of this congregation, the reception of new members. How healing was that time for us? Well, this morning, we take up and treasure again the greatest scene of our history, the one that provides all humanity, whatever our circumstance, with healing, with assurance, with a sure and certain hope, the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Easter Sunday. May our every Sunday hereafter be Easter Sunday. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you.
Let us lift up our prayers of thanksgiving, of supplication, and of intercession. Let us pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah, and hallelujah again. Holy God, we praise and we worship you. Thanks be to you for this joyful Easter tide that fills our lives this day. Thanks be to you for our living Lord, over whom death has no dominion. For the rich heritage of faith, that your life is ever Lord of death, that your love will never lose its own. O God, this morning of all mornings, we thank you. Lord Jesus, we pray, come to us in your risen power. Convince us that you do reign and are at work with Holy Spirit. Change our despair into joy. Give us new life and hope. Come to us, we who have so often gone our own way when a living Lord was at hand to lead and to guide. Come to us who have for so long neglected the comfort of him who has conquered death and the daily help of him who has conquered sin. Come to us who have been so cast down and oft depressed by the changes and chances of this world when we have a Savior who has overcome this world. O God, as a people who know your power to work new life, as a people who hope in you and you alone, we pray hear us now as we pray for others. In the midst of pandemic, we pray for our loved ones near and far, for all visited by anxiety and fear, for all who are working for the common good in health care and service and community government. We hold up to you all the nations of this world, for we know that when you look upon us, you see no borders, but only one humanity of your care. With the suffering of creation at human hands, we pray, O oh God, for this old world, so filled with tired dreams and dark tombs, we pray that we might awaken to a new day. And so we thank you, O God, for this Easter day, for the certainties of our faith, for the Spirit surging through the Church of Christ around this world this very day, in Ghana and Brazil, in Palestine and Taiwan, in communities of your people from coast to coast to coast in our own nation. And we thank you for the witness of this congregation known as St. Andrews, new in each generation and for each generation. O oh God, we are followers of the one who has left the tomb. As we await the freedom of returning to each other's company, I pray grant us the courage to live in the freedom we now know in Jesus. And now, even now, to imagine more faithfully and soon to work more committedly for a world much more abundant and full of life than anything that has ever come before. O oh God, assure us of your good purposes and work upon us with your mighty spirit. For Jesus Christ is risen today and with him we are raised. We pray, hear us in his name 
as we join with all your people, as he taught us to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord be kind and gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace this Easter morn and your every day. Amen.